As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Football Show. Hey everybody, what's up and welcome into the Athletic Football Show. It is Friday, June 9th. The carousel of guest hosts on TAFS continues spinning as Robert Mays is still out there enjoying his honeymoon. This time, it's me, Michael Beller, coming out from behind the glass where I am typically producing this show, getting back in front of the mic, dusting off the vocal chops to host this episode. Really fun show for you today. We're getting into my wheelhouse here. We're going to talk some fantasy football. Uh, Calendar turns to June. I always start thinking about fantasy football. So we're going to plant some early flags with guys we like a little bit more than what the consensus says right now. Guys we're a little bit lower on than what the consensus says right now. Also, dabble with some rookies for both redraft and dynasty leagues. To help me do this, of course, we've got Nate Tice. Nate, what's going on, man? Not too much. Yeah, we uh Robert's away and now we're 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 allowed to play a little bit. And uh I, I think a lot of people that are listening to Beller that have maybe not heard you before, because I know you have a lot of experience doing this, or I they hear your voice and they go, Oh, it's another ad read. You know, they're just used <laughs> yeah. to used to your segments with the ad reads and also it's like, Oh no, we're hopping into the show. The music already hit, but really excited to do this. Really excited for our guest today, who's a good friend of mine and also this is his expertise as long as as well as yours beller so this could be a really fun show really happy to be here as always yeah also joining us from the ringer senior writer at the ringer covers fantasy covers the nfl draft danny kelly danny what's going on man thanks for being with us not too much how are you guys doing very good got a little little frog in your throat right there <laughs> just coming, me. Yeah. coming in hot that's how i sounded last last week it was like my first hosting show and of course i got sick the day before and i was just like <laughs> so like my first like five words i sound like a kid going through puberty it was just yeah. like hello welcome to athletic football show really it's happy June, to be here. my vocal cords aren't really warmed up yet i'm not really used right. to talking quite this much so Apologies for that, yes, but I'm doing great. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel the same way. I used to host shows here at The Athletic day in, day out. That was my first job at The Athletic. Then I move over here with Robert and Nate, and I'm not doing it a ton anymore. So a little bit of butterflies going, but uh, the voice feels good. The brain feels good, and that's really what's important as we get into this. So, guys, let's go ahead and get into it. First, we're going to go through, like I said, a guy we're higher on and lower on at, con- at uh, versus the consensus, excuse me, at each of the four major fantasy positions for consensus we consulted 
the rankings at Fantasy Pros. It's a pretty good uh, mm-hmm. gauge of where mm-hmm. these guys are expected to go, where they're going to be ranked as you're sitting down to really draft your teams a couple of months from now. So we're looking at those Fantasy Pros consensus rankings. That's what we're going to talk about when we reference the numbers with these guys. Danny, a quarterback who you like better than what that consensus says. So I'm going with, and this one's got a little bit of risk to it, I guess, but I'm going with Anthony Richardson for the Colts, rookie uh, quarterback who is, um, I guess, maybe the surprise early pick for the Colts. And I think just going into the year, obviously, there's concerns over his lack of starts, his lack of experience just in general, um, some of the consistency issues, some of the accuracy issues that you saw, his, his completion percentage was not very good in college, and he only had 13 starts. And I think college fans people that will mainly just dabble in college football probably look at this pick like what in the hell is going on here um but in fantasy particular Mm -hmm. i think the key here is even if he sucks as a passer he can be really good in fantasy and right every year we see well not every year but a lot of times we see some of these later round quote-unquote dual threat quarterbacks come up and um they run so much and they score so many touchdowns on the ground that they become very very valuable in fantasy so i think richardson has a chance to be that next guy. So he's a guy that I'm definitely targeting. You don't have to grab him early and there's not, it's not like the riskiest pick ever, but he has incredible, incredible upside. So he's a guy that I'm going to be, you know, trying to draft in a lot of drafts. Boy, don't I know about that upside. <laughs> I, uh, in, in a real life sense, very high on Richardson and also in a fantasy sense, just as well. Uh, redraft dynasty, whatever it may be. And it's, yeah, just for what everything Danny just said right there. He was one of, I looked at as another one. I actually thought he would be higher when I kind of glance at yeah. this at the consensus. QB 18. QB 18. QB 18, correct. Yeah. Yes. It's going to uh, go up. It's going to go up has, as the summer goes along. It was yeah. people go, oh, this guy. Like, yeah. I, I, I also forget the, deep waters that I usually swim in as opposed to maybe even talking about people that just don't look at fancy till August 30th, you know? So, uh, but Richardson, that's a great pick. I went with another more, I, in a weird way, run first quarterback and one that was surprisingly pretty good last year because of this ability. And I think his passing will get better this year because of what's happening around him. And that's Danny Jones, Daniel Jones. Oh, okay. Um, just the staff last year realized that he was such a weapon, like with his legs. They used him. I, I think the joke I've used on the show is that what if Josh Allen didn't become Josh Allen? That's Daniel Jones. Like, that's this is kind of like <laughs> mid tier, multi universe uh, Josh Allen. And he's at quarterback 12 right now in fantasy pros. I feel like he should just be a tier higher. You know, he should be more of a considered like a second tier guy because of that running ability. Um, even just the underlying stats, no player had a higher first down per rush rate than Daniel Jones on designed runs in the entire NFL quarterbacks or running backs, 47.5%. That's better than Josh Allen, better than Lamar, but better than Justin Fields, better than Jalen Hurts, same volume as Josh Allen designed rush rushes. And he had the same amount of design rushes as Chase Edmonds or Jarek McKinnon. So he's basically like a backup wow. running back right there. Yeah. yeah. So that's not even including scrambles. Um, and a same amount of explosive runs as Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, you know, third and success rate, just a lot of underlying stats are very good on top of some decent volume. I mean, he had, uh, about 60 or 60 or so scrambles oh, 50 or so scrambles on top of that super efficient of those. And then, so even if he takes maybe a half step back with the rushing volume, even though it mm-hmm. did seem like the Giants staff in tight games was like, uh, this is our best thing. Go, yep. like, yeah, yeah, just run, just run. Yeah, that's fine. 
I think the passing will improve just because it kind of has to. Um, he became way eff- he was very efficient last year and how they used him. I just think the pass catching options are better, so there's going to be an uptick in the passing stats. Even if there is some downtick in the rushing stats, I still think he'll overcome that. Not saying he'll be QB one or QB two or QB three, but I think maybe as a second tier starting quarterback, I think he's one that I'm going to be looking at. The rushing floor is massive. It's ma- for all these guys who run so much. It's so great for what they do in the fantasy world, and so it's hard to say that Daniel Jones is going to fall apart as a fantasy quarterback because of how much he runs. And so there's reason to believe that maybe he can do a little bit more certainly this year than he did last year. I'm going to ask you this, though, Nate. The three quarterbacks ranked immediately in front of him on Fantasy Pros right now are your guy Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, and Tua. Are you taking him over any of those three? If we're sitting down drafting a straight-up normal one-quarterback league today, are you taking him ahead of any of those guys? I'm taking him ahead of Tua, and I am thinking I'm taking him ahead of Dak just because of that rushing ability, even if I love Dak. Mm -hmm. I know this is a (laughs) real-life fantasy difference right here. (laughs) This is that That's the difference. And Deshaun, I'm actually, was almost one of these answers I looked at for this was that I think he should maybe be a, a tick higher. Um, uh, than he is, but I kind of was like, oh, that's a little bit fair where he's at right now. So, but him and Deshaun and Daniel Jones of this tier, I think can be, they can rise up a little bit from maybe the tier three to tier two. For some context on the rushing value that Jones brought last mm-hmm. year and probably is going to end up bringing this next year. And, and to your point, you said he was, you think he should be a tier two guy. Yeah. If you look at just rushing fantasy points per game last year, the top four guys, Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, those are, you know, the quote-unquote Konami code guys, the cheat code <laughs> quarterbacks. Um, Daniel Jones was fifth. He was yeah. right next after those guys. And so the the thought that you call him a tier two guy, I think there is some validity to that in fantasy. Um, he only threw 15 touchdowns. Right. You have to think that's going to go up with the way that they have surrounded him with more talent. Dale, uh, sorry, Darren Waller came in. They mm-hmm. signed 11 billion slot receivers <laughs> to come in and try and, you know, yeah get a full season out of like at least someone Always one of or, them <laughs> <laughs> cobble them all um, together yeah getting, yeah yeah i know you put them all together it's one yeah, awesome receiver targets out of all of them. <laughs> totally yeah collectively you're gonna get 17 games out of those guys so yeah. i do think i i struggle because i do think you'll probably run a little less just because he has more talent but at the same time you know you're kind of getting more efficiency probably a little bit more t- a few more touchdowns um, through the air and you still have that rushing floor so i kind of like this actually i think it's not it's not the hottest take ever um, even though I'm not the hugest Daniel Jones believer. Yeah, it's one of those. It became one of my favorite player prop bets of all of second half of last year was betting on Vanilla Vic and, and just his <laughs> rushing his rushing totals. <laughs> it was because it would always be just hilariously low because everyone's like, oh, it's Daniel Jones. Oh, and it's like 18 yeah. and a half yards. And there it is. First quarter, he's already at 40. <laughs> Scrambling. It was, it was yeah. the best. Yeah. So um, and that's 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 the thing. That's the difference between fantasy and real life is that he just has that. So like, say, even if it throws 20 touchdowns, you know, that's not that crazy. Five touchdowns right. more because he was only at 15. So you look at that, that's what, four, four times five, that's, you know, 20 points there. So like you can take some downtick and some of the rushing, just if there's some touchdown regression uh, to, or to the mean, I should say progression to the mean uh, for passing touchdowns. So that's where I think the balance of this all is. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come out with a sort of a tepid one here because I think the quarterback market is pretty well adjusted to what the reality is. And that's something I'm going to dig into a little bit more when we flip this to the negative side. What I'm going to say here is whoever ends up starting for the 49ers is being drafted <laughs> too low. <laughs> that's a yeah. good answer. <laughs> like, I, we, we, we talk about it all the time. Ad nauseum, Kyle Shanahan, what he does for, uh, for his offense, yeah. what he does for his quarterback. It speaks for itself going back years and years, teams and teams. So that really doesn't need to be discussed any further. 
I'll just throw the numbers at you. This quarterback group finished 14th in fantasy points last year. What Jimmy did, what Brock Purdy did, the one game that Trey Lance played, 14th. I mean, they were QB 14. So we're talking about just outside that top 12 group that we always look at. If it does end up being Trey Lance at some point early in the season, midway through the season, whatever, we get to start getting excited about the rushing floor as well. And then what really puts it over the top for me is that last year, the top seven quarterbacks were all uh, on teams that went to the playoffs. 13 of the top 14 were all teams that went to the playoffs. The one guy who wasn't was Justin Fields, and we know why he is there from a fantasy (laughs) perspective. thousand yards rushing. Basically, (laughs) what I'm getting at here is you want your quarterback in your fantasy league to be on a good real-life team. And the 49ers do check that box. And so I think once you start, I'm not going to take Brock Purdy as a top 10 quarterback. I'm not going to take Trey Lance as a top 10 quarterback if it ends up being him. But once we start getting deeper into the position and you're looking at especially your QB2 and Superflex leagues, which is by far my favorite fantasy format, this 49ers quarterback, whoever it ends up being, you guys, ends up becoming very interesting. So I just look at these guys as being undervalued relative to where the market says they should be. Yeah. yeah. Uncertainty is the reason I think right now, but I'm, I'm totally with you on this one. And, and when you look at the weapons that whoever the quarterback is going right. to be starting for them has around him with um, CMC, Ayuk, Debo, Kittle, the the list yeah. goes on. I mean, it's just incredible what they can do. And plus, when you add in Shanahan's, you know, scheming brilliance, it's almost like and this is what we've been saying about quarterbacks for 49ers forever. It's like it's almost like it's so it, it doesn't matter who is starting yeah. for the 49ers. Sure so. They're just going to produce regardless of like whether. You know, it's Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, or, or even Sam Darnold. You know, throw throw a chip <laughs> yeah. on Darnold late in the draft or whatever, and see how it goes. Oh man, um, wouldn't so that yeah, be so I like this as a as a Sam Darnold real life stockholder and a little bit of a dynasty stockholder. <laughs> I wouldn't mind a Sam yeah. Darnold 49ers year with Kyle Shanahan calling plays and just act like it's all. Oh no, it's Darnold. Just yeah, that's all him. It's all purely him. him. It's not the situation or anything. No, I <laughs> I like this Beller a lot, especially. Yeah, like you're saying, just overall, just the general, it's, you know, a kind of a mid-tier starting quarterback in fantasy. And, but it's, shoot, I mean, even, even Darnold as a, a, as a rusher, as a runner is pretty good. I mean, remember with the Panthers a couple yeah. of years ago, like the first couple of month of the season, like four like, rushing touchdowns. Yeah. One of the most dynamic threats in the NFL <laughs> was Sam Darnold's legs in the red zone. It was like, it was crazy, but he still has more athleticism than you would think. So, you know, it's not. It's not that crazy uh, uh, to say this because just because the floor is so high, who, no matter who it is of those three options. Right, let's get out to running backs. Nate, you take this one first again. A running back you are higher on than what the consensus says here in the first week of June. Uh, maybe this is one I'm willing into existence, but uh, this is J.K. Dobbins uh, for the Baltimore yes. Ravens. <laughs> uh, yeah, I Dobbins in that draft class, and this is even going back to college, maybe because I just saw him absolutely murder the Wisconsin Badgers multiple yes. times when he was at Ohio State. He, in that in that draft class, I, I love Jonathan Taylor. I had Dobbins slightly ahead of Jonathan Taylor just because I just thought he was so, so good. Um, but even having said that, he's produced when he's been healthy. It's just that he hasn't been healthy. He had a major injury. Even last year, he came back, got hurt again, and then came back again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now, he's at running back 18 on Fantasy Pros. Um, and actually an underdog uh, right now, about fifth roundish right now. But when he came back for those last four regular season games, he averaged seven yards a carry, 57 carries for 397 yards, seventh in the entire NFL and rushing success rate, third in runs of five or more yards on first and second down, first in percentage of runs of 10 or more yards. So he's getting explosives as well. And then the one playoff game they played, the Ravens played with 
Uh, Huntley was their quarterback, I believe. He had over 100 total yards, so he had some receiving in there, which is usually kind of the knock on him. And that's a bit of the Greg Roman offense. He still can catch decently. I think there's people who are concerned maybe about Todd Munkin now as the OC, and it's not going to be as run-heavy. Todd Munkin's going to be a balanced offense. It might not be as some of the crazy – they're still going to be in there, the design runs with Lamar and all that, but there's still going to be a lot of traditional runs as well, which is Dobbins is really, really good at. Gus Edwards, of course, is still there, going to be the short yardage vulture, but I just really think, I think we're kind of sleeping on Dobbins a little bit, especially when he showed that now he came back from injury, he had that four-week stretch, not the greatest run defenses, but was fantastic. And also looked, without Lamar. Like also really without good. Lamar. Yeah. Great point. But mm-hmm. also look, that that is a guy that you're just kind of looking at like, this. he's a real talented player, so hopefully he hits this season running pun intended, 100%, and it just looks really good. I, I think this is a guy that I'm, I'm betting on in uh, everything, redraft or or dynasty. Love Dobbins. I mean, he. this is the classic the year after the year after or whatever when yeah. mm-hmm. you have an ACL injury, and a lot of times guys have complications with that. You have uh, you know, compensatory injuries. Is that the right word I'm using? Compensating for the other, for the yep. injury. I think that um, works. Yeah. I knew what it meant. I knew what <laughs> I meant. So yeah, it works you now. Have, you see, you constantly see this. You see hamstrings or yeah. quads or, you know, connecting areas. High ankle knee, not necessarily the knee. Yeah. Because guys are sort of favoring it or whatever. Yep. Um, but now he has a full year of being healthy and kind of getting over that injury. I think he could actually he absolutely exploded. I, he, I'm with you, Nate. He was one of my favorite guys coming out. He's so explosive, yeah. so dynamic. Hopefully, they use him a little bit more. I'm not, I'm not expecting anything big in the passing game, but maybe you know just marginally better in the passing game yeah. in, in this new offense, and we'll see where he goes. And I think he could score a lot of touchdowns too. I think you know obviously Gus Bus is going to be in there, Gus Edwards, mm-hmm. but. Um, you know, I think they'll probably lean on him, lean on Dobbins a little bit more when he's fully healthy and explosive. I can see Monk just really liking him and going like, oh, yeah. this this guy's great. Like, let's, let's pound, get on your center and pound the rock with this guy. <laughs> and so that's where I, I could see him get a little more volume than I think people realize. I am going to tempt that uh, year after knee Ooh. injury fate that, uh, that you referenced there, <laughs> Danny. But we'll save my guy for last, especially since you're on the opposite side of my guy let's hear who you like better than consensus here so this one is i don't know if it's cheating or not because he's still ranked pretty highly but kenneth walker for the seahawks there's a term that gets thrown around in the draft world that we've beat him up enough i feel like people have beat him up enough this offseason based on you know there's a i think a relevant but maybe not super as important as people think it is in terms of success his success rate last year he was a very boomer bust runner Mm -hmm. there was a lot of plays where it was zero or negative yards and that's all relevant, and people are kind of attributing the Charbonnet pick, the second-round pick that the CX used on Zach Charbonnet, to the success rate that Kenneth Walker had. But I think if you go back and you really look at what Walker did as a rookie, uh, it's important to remember that he's, like, ridiculously good. At yeah. He's a very, very good runner. <laughs> yeah, um, I was actually in, – and I was watching um, Jaden Reed, who we'll talk about a little bit later, I think, in uh, the 2021 season, going back and watching him for the draft this year and just watching Kenneth Walker at MSU. It was just like, holy crap, this guy's so much better than any, like any of the non Bijan runners in this, in this rookie draft class right now. And so, um, I think basically my point is I think people are beating up Kenneth Walker a little bit too much because of that success rate stat that's getting thrown around. If you look at what he did last year, he finished. Ele- this is also, by the way, he didn't start for like the first four or five yeah, weeks. Eleventh right. yeah. in yards, he had over a thousand yards rushing, nine touchdowns, which was ninth. He was twelfth in PFF rush grade, fifth in rushes of over fifteen yards. So he's hitting those explosive plays. Second in breakaway rate per PFF. Um, so he's turning his rushes into explosive plays, and he forced fifty missed, missed tackles, which was twelfth. Yeah. Um, 
right now he's the RB14, and there's several guys above him based on the Fantasy Pros consensus rankings that I would absolutely not take. I would, I would absolutely take Kenneth Walker over these guys like Travis Etienne, um, Brees Hall, who I'm a little bit worried about with his injury coming off mm-hmm. of that. We talked about with J.K. Dobbins. Um, so I don't know. To me, he's just ranked a little bit too low. I think people are a little too worried about Zach Charbonnet and, and attributing the success rate stat that's getting thrown around to the reason the Seahawks took Charbonnet. I think they took Charbonnet because they need more running backs. They lost right. several of their Nobody running else. backs in free agency. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so to me, I don't think the Charbonnet pick was an indictment upon what they think Kenneth Walker can do. I think it's just they needed running backs and they love running backs and he's a perfect sea hockey running back and that's why they took it. I like that. They, uh, they, especially with, with it's funny that people remember too is that Walker and Brees Hall because I, I think both are very dynamic as rookies but even at coming out of college it was like 1A 1B for a lot of people mm-hmm. like those two were cut yeah. above everybody else and there's other guys I liked as well but those two were in their own tier so it's kind of funny just like a year away because Brees Hall was doing some great things and everyone's like oh oh who's this Kenneth Walker guy it's like He's really good. <laughs> he was a Heisman finalist, I believe. Like, yeah, good. yeah, no, yeah. Ridiculous. his stats were crazy. Yeah, and that's kind of I've nicknamed him Sonic um, because he just kind of <laughs> is chaotic as a runner. Like, yeah. just I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean mm-hmm. just that's what he is. He's he creates big plays because he can just it's controlled chaos. Um, but no, I really like Walker. I kind of thought he was tiered, kind of fair, but I get what you mean that maybe he should be a bump above mm-hmm. those guys that maybe are just just in his same tier. So I, I agree with this one. Mm-hmm. Other guys going right by him at that position, Ramondre Stevenson, Najee Harris. It's an interesting group of players. Yeah. Certainly choose your own adventure when you look at that group of running backs. If you end up taking one or two of them, it's a, it's a fun group of guys, and I'm sure we will be arguing about them as we get deeper and deeper into the summer. For my guy here, you guys, I'm going to Javante Williams. Uh, back end of the 20s, RB28 right now on Fantasy Pros. He's coming off the knee injury, so obviously we're going to have to watch this closely as the summer progresses. But we know what the big acquisition was for Denver this season. It's Sean Payton. I think we all yes. trust what Sean Payton <laughs> does as an offensive designer, as an offensive mind. And if you look at those last three healthy seasons for Russell Wilson in Seattle, you had Chris Carson as the RB11 in fantasy points per game, the RB12, the RB13, those last three seasons. You get to 2017, that was the year they had all the RB injuries, and Thomas Rawls played a bunch. Russ actually led the team with 95 carries that season, so we'll throw that wow. out. But you one. have a blueprint for what a successful Russell Wilson offense can look like, and it's going to lean heavily on who that primary running back is. This is all is obviously contingent upon Javante Williams being healthy enough to be that primary running back. But at RB28, I feel pretty comfortable saying that this is a gamble that is worth taking. If he proves himself healthy, we're not going to be talking about him as the RB28 when we're really sitting down to draft at the end of August. But it's not like we're going to see him jump from 28 to 16 or anything like that. So I think that just a competent offensive mind running the show in Denver, getting Russ perhaps back under control a little bit. A team that did go out and sign Mike McGlinchey and Ben Powers. They should have a healthy Garrett Bowles this season. I'm not saying they're going to suddenly turn into world beaters up front, but it should at least be, again, a competent offensive line. A competent line, a very good offensive designer and play caller. If Javante is healthy, I see him way more as an RB2 type than an RB3. So I like him here, and I would like him even a little bit higher if it ends up being that's where I have to take him in my fantasy leagues. I'm bullish on the Broncos overall. Yes, just you because are. I think that, We've that, heard Sean, yeah, heard that, <laughs> that Sean Payton is, is – mm-hmm. 
And I think it's because we picture Drew Brees chucking it, chucking it, chucking it uh, uh, all the time and the 5,000-yard passing seasons with Sean Payton. He wants to pound the rock. Mm-hmm. Like, that is mm-hmm. his – that is his bad – it's pound the rock and play action. Pound the rock and play action. That is Sean Payton um, all the way. And I think that's going to look like more of those mid-2000s Saints offenses or the late Saints offenses maybe when they had Jameis or anything like that or the last years of Brees where they want to be a run-first team. And so – I like Javante Williams, and I think just what you're saying, Beller, is that there is some upside there if he comes back healthy and hits the ground running. Because uh, uh, I think that play caller wants to be pounding the rock. That's that's Russell Wilson's bread and butter too. I mean, Nate, you know, yeah. going back to the Wisconsin offenses when Russell was in college, going into the early career in Seattle, I was one of the loud "let Russ cook" people, and I admit my mistake on that. I think he's much better and more effective and more efficient, clearly, in an offense that has balance and allows him yeah. to, you know really focus on like his deep passing is where he exactly. really separates himself. He's so precise downfield and I could see them doing that. The other thing I will mention that is in favor of Javante and um, maybe it's something that will help him even if he isn't quite fully healthy is Wilson last year ranked fifth among uh, starting quarterbacks in passes to running backs. So the rate of passes he threw to running backs, it was kind of strange. He, he didn't really do that a ton in Seattle, but maybe that was because he was running a lot more in Seattle. Now he's a different guy. He's he older. Ch- he was checking down on every third down. That's yeah. what it was. <laughs> well, there's that <laughs> He was too. not taking chances, so he was just checking it down. No, seriously. But hey, for fantasy purposes, that's great. Right. <laughs> so I, I feel like I remember like games where he was chucking it to the to the running back like 10 plus times in a game like I could be missing I could be misremembering but like um that was always surprising to me at the beginning of last season so we'll see if that is the case again but that could also help uh Williams really strongly obviously if he's more involved in the passing game Uh, Danny I mean this is the first time we've ever done a podcast together so I appreciate you being nice but you're on the opposite side of this you can you can share it right here right now you're lower than consensus on Javante Williams so what's the what's the case against purely purely injury you know, that's the yeah. main that's the main and only thing I'm worried about. I really mm-hmm. like Javante as a player. Um, and honestly, it's not like a huge risk to take him where he's going. Mm-hmm. So I guess I it, it's I'm not like strongly, strongly anti Javante. What I am is more just though. It worries me, number one, that he's coming off of what was described as a very major multi ligament injury yep. in, in the same vein as J.K. Dobbins. You remember this time last year, I got way too excited about J.K. Dobbins. Um, and then it ended up being, again, like I said, multiple injuries that weren't necessarily even his knee. It's just other stuff happening in his lower leg that that affected his ability to get on the field. I'm a little bit worried that's the case, or it will be the case with Javante. Plus, when you look at um, Sean Payton's history with rotating running backs, I don't know if he's going to get the full-on workload that we really want him to get. Um, you know, I think there's pluses and minuses with, with Payton. Obviously, he's going to, I think, want to run the ball a lot and, and be balanced, but... Um, Seems to really like uh, Samaj P. Ryan, so maybe he's more involved in the passing game. There's just some things that are keeping me from getting too excited about Javante. I'm going to be all aboard Javante in 2024, but frankly, I'm just like a little worried about the injury thing right now. Totally I want to throw one little sleeper name in there. Yeah, and I think do. I think Danny's a big fan of this guy anyway. So it's Jalen Warren for the Steelers. Yeah. As yeah. He's running back 50. Right I saw now, you tweeting Jalen Bills. Warren qu- clips just yesterday, I think it was. He was outplaying Najee <laughs> Harris for a few of those games I watched, yeah. and Harris came along at the end. But Warren, Warren's going to – he earned himself a lot of snaps, and he's a guy if Harris gets banged up again or they just want to mm-hmm. go – I don't think they'll ever go to a 50-50 split, but he's deserving of more touches and more snaps. and uh, Just a guy that's like a – last round dart throw mm-hmm. or, or you know last couple rounds and you're just like hey screw it. i'll stash this guy on my bench like he could he could 
be a surprising contributor. And then the last one I'll say this military guy is Miles Sanders. I think we're still underrating the Panthers offensive line and Frank Reich's mm-hmm. willingness to run pound the rock. So uh, Miles Sanders, mm-hmm. I think is at running back 20. Uh, I think it f- felt a little low to me uh, just at my first glance. Anyways, I was trying to get myself into a Deandre Swift case here and I just, I couldn't, I wanted to do it and I couldn't quite piece it all together in a way that felt <laughs> honest. <laughs> <laughs> you felt like it was like debate class as yeah, opposed to like, like what you no, actually felt no, yeah 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 but, but I, I still like let me i'll work on it i'll workshop it over yeah, these next that's uh, good. couple of months and maybe we'll come back to it receivers danny kelly you're up first here who do you like better than consensus all right this is a guy that i've kind of defended his entire career for for unknown reasons i don't know why i just always like him but marquise brown for the cardinals uh <laughs> he's small brown, yeah. i get it he's very small mm-hmm. um but I think the he's going to be the clear-cut number one for this team with DeAndre Hopkins gone now. Um, he's going to be you know, basically competing with guys like Greg Dortch, Michael Wilson, who's a rookie. Um, they got a couple other guys there that might get snaps and, and looks, but he's going to be the clear-cut number one. They move him all over the formation, I believe. And then just betting on the idea. I think people are kind of assuming because the Cardinals are outwardly, quote-unquote, tanking, which mm-hmm. they absolutely are. I think there's a lot of people that are assuming Kyler Murray is not going to play this year or he's going to miss a huge chunk of the season. Um, and I'm kind of I like just making the bet like if if Kyler comes back in week four or five or whatever and then just plays the rest of the season like that's going to be massive for a guy like like Marquise Brown, who, again, is going to have probably 23, 24 percent target rate at least um, yep. and is a big play threat. Kyler Murray comes in and elevates that offense. I, I know that they're going to probably be losing a lot, so they're going to be throwing a lot. Um I don't know. It just me. It makes a lot of sense for me to, to see him go, um, or to have like a much better season than where he's getting drafted right now. He's the wide receiver thirty three on fantasy pros, um, and that's not really what he's been the last yeah. couple of years, you know. And so I, I just think he's really solidly underrated right now. So during that DeAndre uh, suspension last year, sixty four targets, forty three yeah. catches, four hundred eighty five yards, three touchdowns. So it's nice. Yeah. It's a nice template to work off. It is the uh, yeah. The Cardinals are such a such a, another realm. That I, I just uh that's my I I, I, I a, hate I hate getting tied up with bad teams. I do too. That's, and it's like, I know, obvi- like I'm so obviously there are dudes on bad but... teams who have great fantasy. James yeah. Robinson was the RB six on a one in fifteen Jaguars team two years ago. Like it happens. But I hate yeah. getting mixed up with bad teams. I do too. Yeah, just don't. I'm not saying draft him in the first round. <laughs> no, 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 no. But you're just a little. No, but it makes yeah. sense, especially with Hopkins for sure gone. Mm. You know, it's not like a question anymore. And I, I think. And like you said, it's not like there's much else there on the entire team. So James Conner and Hollywood Brown, I feel like, are going to be eating a lot of touches. Uh, Connor, what about your guy, Trey McBride, Nate? Trey McBride. <laughs> the name brand, Trey McBride. A little uh, athletic football show inside joke from a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I, uh, Danny, I like we were talking about names that are relevant on the Cardinals. Names I recognize on the Cardinals. So like my, my first right. or second name I you threw said out there was there are Trey- a couple of name brands here. I reckon. And I said Trey McBride as one, and Mina and Robert roasted me. They're like, Trey McBride is a guy you recognize? I said, well, that's the draft brain in my, like, still in there. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. Again, sometimes I'm in the deep water, so I don't realize what the shallow end looks like. I like him. I like him. Maybe uh, if Zach Ertz is not yeah. in the picture. There you yeah. go. They're like the same player. It's so funny. Uh, yeah. All right, Nate, who you got here at the wide receiver position? Uh, okay, like, my real answer is, like, Calvin Ridley. Uh, uh, yes. I think people are forgetting right now that he he's a true, true receiver one. Uh, I think because he was receiver two, quote unquote, with Julio or early on with his Falcons career. And now he missed the year because of the suspension. He's he's a real deal receiver yeah. one. Like, Wide receiver 24. Like, let me jump in. Wide receiver 24 <laughs> sandwiched yes. in between Chris Godwin and Jerry Judy. 
Yeah, yeah, that's right there. No, <laughs> like it should be way up there. And this is an offense that'll chuck the ball when they want to. Doug Pearson does a little bit of everything. It's balanced. But he, when I think he didn't have a dude like this. Christian Kirk, of course, had a great statistical year last year. He's a slot-only guy. Calvin really is a real deal X receiver that can run a full route tree. I think him and Trevor can make magic this year. I really do. My other one. I actually have two others, but one I one I'm going to make a better case of case about. Also, Chris Olave. Rules. I know I I can't do this. Every category show, I can never help myself. (laughs) Chris Olave should also be getting a little bit more of a little Mm, bit more of a bomb. He's one of my okay. He's sorry to steal it. Take the case. Don't no no no. Here it is. Here's my case. (laughs) He's a top ten fantasy receiver this year. Because I am a yes, I I agree with that one. I actually (laughs) do. Uh, I am a caricature myself, and I'm going with freaking Alec Pierce, uh, who is (laughs) oh. uh, 159th overall on Fantasy Pros, receiver 66 on Fantasy Pros, receiver 65 on Underdog. Uh, up and down season last year. Colts sucked last year. Yes. Uh, played with a quarterback that couldn't be worse for his skill set and Matt Ryan because Matt Ryan's arm just literally <laughs> fell off his body. <laughs> yeah, and, and Alec Pierce is a vertical X, a vertical deep threat, and he's getting paired with a <laughs> with a coach that loves vertical. he's uh, St- uh, Shane Steichen is a former North Turner guy. That's why I always say, even last year with Jalen Hurts, last two years with the Eagles, attacked vertically, go balls and corners. That's really conducive to what Alec Pierce is good at, but also playing with a quarterback that can throw at 80 yards. <laughs> and that's, again, and it's going to give him chances mm-hmm. to make plays on the ball. Total opposite type of quarterback than Matt Ryan. You're, of course, so- referring to Gardner Minshew. Yes, of course. Of course. Gardner Mitchell. That's that's it. he's gonna let him create those yaks on all those checkdowns. But I, I think that it's uh he's not gonna be a high reception merchant type of guy. He's gonna be one of those guys that it's gonna be some spike weeks where he has a, a big week of a four catch for a hundred yards mm-hmm. and a touchdown, and then a, a week where he has one catch for ten yards. Like that I I'm not saying this guy is gonna crawl, uh, crawl up to receiver one or even receiver two, but as a flex or a possible receiver three with some upside. I think he's well worth the dart throw. I actually think his skill set is more conducive to Anthony Richardson than Michael Pittman is. Even though they both have size, Pittman is more of the horizontal guy. But as a true, yeah, as a true vertical guy, there, I just really think he's going to come along this year. I'm not, and even as a player, he's not going to always have a great route tree and everything because he has stiff hips and all that. But he's a true deep ball winner and a true 50 50 ball winner. And Richardson's going to give him chances. I think him and a guy like George Pickens. Are actually more in the same tier than people realize, yeah. mm-hmm. and that, stylistically, that, they run the same routes. Probably, um, there's I had the same exact grade with them coming in uh, out of the draft. The NFL, kinda, per- I, I mean, obviously there were some character things with Pickens, but the NFL yep. treated them basically the same too. It, it's and it's funny, and you just even look at the underlying stats. Yes, the mm-hmm. overall final stats. Pickens had a little bit more of an uptick, but just at the rate stats, successful targets per route, Pierce was 76, Pickens was 77th. <laughs> First downs per route, uh, Pickens was 57th, Pierce was 68th. So they're like in yards per route, Pickens was 53rd, Pierce was 63rd. So like they're in the same tier for all these stats, but Pickens is going right now as receiver 37 and 89th overall. So I think you can get, I mean, that's half. Hmm. Uh, of the uh, or Pierce is half the investment right there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to have a full 80 spots earlier. Round. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that uh, Pierce should not get a little uptake. I think he's worth a dart throw. And honestly, I like him for uh, uh, for dynasty purposes, but I'm just even saying right now for redraft purposes, I think he could be a fun little bench guy that can end up being a decent starter as the season goes along. You know who he reminds me of is Gabe Dave. Gabe Dave. <laughs> Gabriel Gabe Davis. Dave. Um, yeah. Stylistically, I, I while you were talking there, I was sorting on uh, on True Media here. Receivers with fifty plus targets, 
the highest air yards per target receiver last year, Gabe Dave. And I'm like, yeah. this is sort of the exact same role yep. where you're an outside guy, you're going to stretch the defense, you're probably not going to see a ton of targets, but you can have these big spike games because you're creating huge plays. Yep. So obviously, Gabe Dave has Josh Allen and <laughs> Pierce has uh, a rookie in Anthony Richardson. So there's a yep. huge difference there. But stylistically, they play a very similar that, role, I bet. It's really funny you say that because the only other receiver I looked up to like, compare, I had Pickens and the other one was Gabe Dave. And because yeah. da- Gabriel Davis has gone 60 spots mm-hmm. earlier than, yeah. and than Pierce is right now. So it's just one of those where he's in that brand tier. Off-brand. Yes, that's what it is. He's the Diet Coke version of those yeah. guys. And I, I like him as a real football player as well. Chris Olave, the case is uh, pretty simple here. I do think I would take him as a top 10 receiver. I like the the upgrade from Andy Dalton to Derek Carr. And Dalton played fine last year, but 20th mm-hmm. in EPA per dropback. Derek Carr was up at 12. I think that helps improve Olave's rate stats this season to the extent that we're talking about more of a 80-1206 compared with the 70-1004 that he had last year. I want to bet on a young guy like this who's already shown us what he can do both back at college and in his rookie season, an ascending player, an offense that I think should be better this year, really all around. Chris Olave is an easy one. You really don't need me to make a case for him. I could not believe it, you guys. Could not believe it when I saw that Brandon Cooks is down in the 40s. Because Brandon, oh, Brandon, you yeah. put Brandon Cooks <laughs> on a good football team with a good quarterback, and the guy just produces. Six years, he has had at least 100 targets. And I used that number just to weed out some of his injury seasons. Six years with 100 targets, he has been the wide receiver 20, 10, 15, 18, 18, and 22 in half PPR scoring. That wide receiver 22 year, the low year for Brandon Cooks here, with Davis Mills and Tyrod Taylor as his quarterback. So now he moves to Dallas. He gets Dak Prescott. He's not going to be the alpha. We know that's going to be CeeDee Lamb. Michael Gallup is here as well. So maybe there are some target concerns. But Brandon Cooks has shown us time and time again in different offenses, different quarterbacks, that so long as he is healthy and motivated to use last year as an example, he's going to produce. So getting getting him here, and we all know what Brandon Cooks is. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's going to be any crazy move for him up draft boards this summer. Maybe he moves up a couple of spots. But I think you're probably going to be able to get him in the wide receiver 40 range. And that is a bet I'm going to make in every single draft that I possibly can. Yeah, I mean, just even look at the receivers going around him. Like it's like Jacoby Myers, who I love, but you know, fancy again. We're looking <laughs> right. at that. Uh, Jordan Addison, you know, another rookie receiver, but it's like I don't know the Vikings offense. You're really betting on that. Quentin Johnson, Juju, you know, Juju, Cortland Sutton, yeah, Cortland yeah. Sutton, Jackson Smith, K- and Jigba, Gabe who Davis, is who we just for sure up. gonna be third in his team in targets. Yep, is a Gabe couple Davis, spots higher the, than the Bills brought in like <laughs> several players to like. Yeah. So Gabe Davis didn't have to be receiver <laughs> yeah, two in their because, offense. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so just read what the teams are telling you. <laughs> the, and yeah, no, that's a great, great call. He's just one of those guys that always produces, always produces. So what a charmed it, it, career also, right? Yeah. I mean, he, he paid for it a little bit in Houston these last couple of years, but <laughs> yeah. Drew Brees, uh, uh, Tom Brady get to play yeah. with the Rams and Sean McVay and now yep. gets to play with Dak. I mean. I guess I should pull out the uh, the Mike McCarthy buzzer here. If I had it handy, yeah. I, would, I would smash it because we are concerned about that. Don't I love hey, Brandon Cooks? Played for Mike, Mike Riley in college at Oregon State. <laughs> yeah, that, <right? laughs> one of my favorite players to watch ever in college is Brandon Cooks at Oregon State. His last year, that, I, that's a it's a deep cut, but it's a lot of fun. Trust me. But uh, no, I love that one. That's a, that's a really good one. All right, guys, let's wrap things up on the positive side. Tight ends. Nate, you take this one away first. Who do you like better than the consensus? Okay, first off, Kyle Pitts is the obvious one. Uh, (laughs) Tight end five and 60th overall. But he's like, people are 
people have come like there was a sl- small pendulum swing in the wrong way and now i know I, because I of people he would be like us lower. i think just he's like back to yeah <laughs> like really around lower than hawkinson like uh, and i <laughs> and same judy overall as jerry judy or same judy overall, same tier overall as jerry judy and michael pittman and javante williams no offense but uh but but i mean just even last year i mean mariota and i know this has become the main stat but mariota like you can't i can't overstate enough how bad mariota was throwing the ball last year yeah and and he was they were trying to give kyle pitts targets trying top 10 in target share um like and even like guys that other tight ends that you can look at you know he's a round loader and tj round lower than tj hawkinson right now which is like okay but i feel like they should be more similar similarly Mm -hmm. tiered um, Hawkinson had his career year last year, like with splitting between the Lions and the Vikings. He had 44 first downs in his fourth season. Kyle Pitts had 43 as a rookie, as a rookie tight end. So, like, just don't overthink this guy. And mm-hmm. I, I think just this, I, I'm very bullish, of course, on the Falcons' offense. Anyone that's listening to the show, but I, man, I just think even Kittle's getting drafted slightly higher, and I love Kittle. But it's like there's so many mouths to feed in that offense, and that's a run first offense. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think there's this has just been yeah, it's starting to get up there again where people are like, oh yeah, Kyle Pitts is really good. But come on, just don't overthink it. And I'd say down the <laughs> down down the tiers is Juwan Johnson, uh, the Saints tight end. Yeah, uh, he's tight end eighteen right now. Irv Smith is going higher than him. Or what's Irv Smith? Done? The legend of Irv Smith. <laughs> oh my God, Mister Mister. No one's been. No one gets more excited than yeah. people about Irv Smith's 350 yards that uh, he catches. He's, the, he's the Kristen Michael of tight ends. <laughs> <laughs> Good, great reference. Yeah. yeah, Cole Komet is going higher than him, but uh, man, he's. I mean, should be a top 10 half PPR guy, uh, and I think Carr is going to pepper him. He had successful targets per rouse, the stat I look at now, and. He was 12th overall, just behind Hawkinson and Kittle, who were 10th and 11th. Um, mm. So I just think that Saints offense has a lave. Tight end room did sign Foster Moreau, but I mean, I think he's going to be the number two target in that offense, even depending on Michael Thomas, of course. But yeah, so that's another one I want to throw out there. Danny, your guy here at the tight end position? So I'm going with Greg Dulcich for the Broncos. Mm. Um, I thought he really flashed a lot as a rookie. Um, you know, from week six to 15, which is the weeks he played. Last year, he was the tight end 12, you know, and, and as a rookie, that's saying something because typically rookies take a year or two or three sometimes to sort of develop and get on the field and and kind of figure out how to do the NFL, like do what you need to do in the NFL and blocking and all that. There's just so much to learn. Um, but with Dulcich, what's nice is, number one, he's very fast. He can get up the seam really, really fast, like long strides, very explosive type runner. Um, but they're really, I think, just view him as a receiver. So he's not going to be asked to do a ton of blocking. They're going to move him around the formation. There's already talk that he's the new quote unquote joker in Sean Payton's offense. Um, I'm just picturing him on like leak plays on play action, just scoring a lot of touchdowns with Russell Wilson, um, a lot of run and catch like on crossers and things like that. Um, that kind of is his bread and butter. He's he's like a big galloping thoroughbred out there you know after the yeah. catch and so um i actually looked it up and i forget what i used as the um limiter but among qualifying tight ends he was actually second in uh a dot or, or or i think it was um air yards per target i don't yeah. know if it's exactly the same as a dot but basically same idea um and kyle pitts was first so him and kyle pitts are like the explosive tight ends mm-hmm. you know of that of that sort of age group and i think dulcich has a chance to really break out this season I think he fits the Russell Wilson style of offense in terms of what they're going to want to do this year. And also Wilson showed a lot of chemistry with them as a rookie. So mm-hmm. um, all things considered, even though it is a new coach, I do think he has a chance to be a big breakout player this year. So I'm taking him over a lot of the more, I guess, safe picks at tight end this year. Yeah. 
I, I, I like him in a, a real real football as well, mm-hmm. as well as fantasy. It's funny because my, my comparison for him coming out of UCLA was Jared Cook. And that they're oh, yeah, yeah. kind of high cut, long legged yeah. guys that are best down the field, and maybe just eh, if he has blockers. Uh, and that's it's funny. Is Jared Cook had a really good year under Sean Payton in New Orleans, so it's mm-hmm. like that kind of maybe skill set he can use. Nice. But no, that's a good call. I, I very explosive player, um, and the things that he's not great out great at, which is like underneath route running, doesn't matter. Russell doesn't throw that stuff, so right. <laughs> um, exactly. so it actually kind of works out for as far as stylistic fit. So. Good pick. I, li- I like him as a player, and I like him in fantasy, too. He was my guy as well. He's tight end 14 nice. at Fantasy Pros. 13 is Cole Komet. I'm taking Dulcich over him. 12 oh, is uh, Chigozi yeah. M. Okonkwo. I'm taking him over Okonkwo yeah. as well. 11 is Dalton Schultz. And I'll throw out Dalton Schultz as a guy here as well. This really, for me, just comes down to volume. Yeah. I, mm. does that, is there anything between Dalton Schultz and 100 targets this season? Yeah. I don't He's think, probably their second best option in that, in that yeah. passing offense. And Easily. <laughs> I, just, I don't think there's anything that stands between him and getting 100 targets his first year in Houston. So you look at that and you look at the recent history of tight ends with 100 targets, and it, it's really good in terms of fantasy production. And so I just think that the math is going to work in his favor, regardless of what you think of him, a rebuilding Houston team, CJ Stroud in his rookie year, whatever. The math can't help but get him to – 6,604. <laughs> we know how numbers like that can play at the tight end position. So it's really, it's based on nothing other than that. I wish I could point to something else, but sometimes you want to make it simple at this tight end position. I will say that I do think with the way the position has gone, you want one of the dudes. I don't think we can live in, you can live in really in a world anymore where you're like, I'll just, you know, wait and grab tight end 10 and I don't yeah. care. I think yeah. you want one of the guys at this position. I, 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 I agree with that. I think it's it's because after that it's just such a crapshoot. I mean, they're all, they're all these guys we're talking about. It's like, you know, you're betting on different levels of squinting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like even for me, like Jawan Johnson, it's like he's a converted receiver. Is that because they had nobody else? Is that why? Or is there he actually too many good players at the position to t- to be totally behind? But like when we, when we were in a world of Antonio Gates and nothing, Tony Gonzalez yeah. and nothing, Gronk and few other guys, like you could be the worst t- tight end in your league and still be fine. I think it's harder now when you have six, seven, eight guys you can really count on to be you know, double-digit fantasy scorers. Right. It's a, it's like when you look at the playoff odds for something and everybody's at plus eight – or Super Bowl odds. And it's like there's like 20 guys at – 20 teams at plus 1,800. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, ah, I don't know over yeah. that one. <laughs> I'll go with that one. That one sounds good. Yeah, I, I think it's pick your poison. I think that's a great call. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run? Take a nap? Read a book? Show up for a friend? Show up for yourself? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Showing up for yourself, that's a big one. That's exactly what therapy is, doing what you need to do, carving out the time that you need to make sure that you can show up for yourself and take care of what you need. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Maze today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, 
H-E-L-P dot com slash maze. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. All right, guys, let's flip this over to the negative side. I guess let's get through these ones a little bit faster. It's fun to go. It's fun to go long <laughs> yeah, on the yeah. positive side. It's fun yeah. to go long on the positive. Let's get through these a little bit faster. Quarterbacks, we are lower on than consensus. Danny, take us away first here. So I'm just going with Aaron Rodgers. I'm a little bit worried about the Aaron <laughs> Rodgers hype. Um, I, he's not even going high. You know, he's not like a high pick or anything. He's a QB 15 according to these ranks. Um, but there's just so many quarterbacks I would take over him based on like price and, 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 you know, the range that you're taking them. I would rather take a guy, um, like, like for instance, for instance, Anthony Richardson, who I mentioned earlier, yeah. <laughs> um, even a guy like maybe Matthew Stafford, I might take over Aaron Rodgers at this point, just because I think, um, Coming into a new offense with new weapons, although I, I suppose he did bring Lazard and Cobb with him. Um, oh, yeah, but like, I just think there's a lot of huge question marks here. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is getting up there in age. I think that they're probably going to want to run the ball and be a balanced offense. I'm just not seeing a huge amount of upside with Aaron Rodgers and a lot of downside, I guess. And so, um, I don't know. I just, want, I just want off the Aaron Rodgers carousel I'm, I'm just not doing it this year um so he's a guy that i'm much lower on i don't i'd rather have like jared goff who's ranked below him i'd rather have probably russell mm-hmm. wilson honestly um Derek carr maybe and, and then there's some guys like kyler murray who you're probably only going to get for you know the second half of the year but like at this point in one qb leagues i think you want to bet on upside over a guy like aaron Rodgers, who oh, yeah. you know is it's not i i would say the odds are against him being like a really prolific season this year yeah, I think they like him. He's tiered with like Daniel Jones. I'd much rather have Daniel Jones in fantasy sense. Like yeah. way, way yeah. more. Like you said, I'd rather, much rather bet on the upside. Nate, your guy? My guy is Tua. Uh, mm. uh, he's a quarterback 11 and uh, on fantasy pros. Yeah. Uh, I just a little rich because of the injury history. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. is, I know how explosive that offense was and what he did when he was healthy last year. Um, very efficient when he plays, but you know, the tail end of the season, there's two things. One, well, one, he was getting hurt. But two also was that their offense became a little bit more balanced as that year went along and as defenses adjusted. He has no rushing ability whatsoever. Uh, he's like one of the lowest scrambler, scrambling quarterbacks, like period, since he's been in the league. Um, they have a strong defense, so I think they'll be out in front a little bit more this season. And even if it's a feisty AFC, a really, really loaded AFC, that defense is going to be really good, keeping mm-hmm. them in the game. So I think it's going to be more balanced. So they're not going to have a lot of chuck-heavy type games, game scripts. And also he doesn't bring in the rushing. So I think it's going to be a lot of like 20 to 24 pass attempt type games. So you're not just going to have that volume, even if he is going to be explosive. So maybe, maybe defense is adjusted. I'm not even saying like it's too much of a drop off, maybe just a little bit lower. And again, same, same type of argument, maybe that Danny's bringing up with Aaron Rodgers. Maybe I'll bet on other guys to maybe Mm -hmm. just, because I think they could just raise that ceiling a little bit more. You guys are both with your picks here making the point that I was referencing earlier in that, like, I look at these quarterbacks and it's just like, eh, you know, like, they might not be my favorite, but this is all, like, very fair. I'm not betting against That's, any of the guys yeah. who we who we know are due, right? Mahomes, Allen, Hurts, Lamar, 
Burrow, Herbert, Lawrence, Dak. I'm not betting against any of them, real life or fantasy. Justin Fields, I could see why you would maybe be interested in betting against him in the real world, but the dude's going to run for like 900 yards and right. six touchdowns. Like he's going to he's gonna play in fantasy. The Bears aren't going to suddenly turn away from him. I mean, that's just that's right. not going to happen. So like, he's going to be a fantasy performer. So I, I throw a half-hearted uh, one here at, at Deshaun Watson because – you aren't getting a huge discount based mm-hmm. on where he you know, sandwiched in between Dak and Tua at QB10. Feels it's a fair price. I'm not going to say that this is a crazy overpay, but we've seen very little of him since 2020. What we've seen has been very bad. What we saw last year from him was legitimately bad quarterbacking and still 27 years old. What we saw from him before that was excellent quarterbacking. So even him, it's not like I'm saying throw up my hands and I'm done with him, but it's a little. It does feel a little bit like an unnecessary risk to me when I look to a, it sounds like a little bit better than you, Nate. I would rather bet on Miami's passing game than on Cleveland's. I would take Tua over him. I would take Daniel Jones over him. And then we start to get into the world of like, you know, what the hell, who cares? Kirk, Rogers, Goff, Russ. It just becomes a little bit different. So Deshaun Watson, I'm not going to sit here and say he's overvalued. I just can't see him really ending up on any of my teams because I want one of those dudes similar to what we talked about at tight end. I think you need to do it at quarterback now. I think the days of just waiting on your quarterback and you know taking quarterback twelve and quarterback sixteen in one QB leagues, I think that's done. Yeah, I I, I ran into that issue last year. I was like, oh, I'll just take Tom Brady. They're, they're, he's gonna throw. Yeah, I know what I'm getting. I know I'm getting four thousand yards, thirty tutties. We're mm-hmm. good. And yeah. I bet on the worst Tom Brady year, <laughs> the worst Bucks year. Finally happened. Finally happened. Got him, yeah, late was... a, got him late in the auction league. I was so fired up for a, like two bucks. I was like, hell yeah, here we go. I got my this is ah, suckers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that I've learned my lesson with that. Um, yeah, no, that, that that's a very good point though. Um, all right, running back position here. Nate, you go first. Who are you lower on? Um, little scared of that O line in front of Derrick Henry, but the one I'm actually going to go with is. Uh, <laughs> Is uh, Jameer Gibbs at running back seventeen? Mm. Like the player, would love this for love him for dynasty, but running back seventeen for a redraft league is a little crazy to me. Um, even if I do think he's dynamic and I think he's gonna be a good catcher, he's overall thirty fifth. He's had to have like DK Metcalf, Amari Cooper, Debo Samuel, DJ Moore, Jalen Hurts. Mm. You just talked about you need to do that quarterback. Scary Terry. He's going ahead of that. Um, ahead of Dobbins, Miles Sanders, Damian Pierce, his teammate, David Montgomery, um, Isaiah Pacheco. These are all guys he's going ahead of and he's running back too. And he's a, it's, that is just crazy. I love, uh, I think he's gonna be a really fun player. I think he's gonna be a really fun pass catcher, but you gotta understand it's like, yes, those fun pass catches is going to be, you know, three, four catches, you know, it's not going to be like this, not the whole offense, the focal point of the offense. So I think he's just, I, I really like the player. Don't get me wrong, but I just think that going a little too rich. And I think the hype mm. is just a little bit out of control right now, especially if this is the same team that just paid a lot of money to David Montgomery as well, who is their true, I think is going to be, it's going to be, I think it's going to be more of a 65, 35 split. Even if, um, uh, even if Gibbs is on the field, getting some of those catches and everything like that, and they do pony personnel as well. I just think that we're overrating what the actual box core mm-hmm. uh, score substance of that will be this season. I think he'll have a fine year. I'm not saying I'm not knocking a player or anything like that. I just think box score wise, it's not going to be as drastic as he's getting made out to be to be running back 17. Do you think it's as easy as for Detroit this year, looking at those guys and saying David Montgomery's Jamal Williams and Jameer Gibbs is DeAndre Swift? Yeah, it's yes in a sense, but it's, I think this offense prefers the, the, 
the size of Montgomery. And mm-hmm. I, I truly, I don't think it's as easy as that because Swift wasn't the pass catcher that Gibbs is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Gibbs is a little smaller as well. So some of that, it's not the true one to one. So I think running game wise, even if I'm not a big fan of Swift, I, I think he was true more better on the field, like, or sorry, on the ground, but he'll bring more to the pass catching game. So I think Montgomery, Montgomery's way better than Jamal Williams. And I like Jamal Williams. He was way better than Swift. So I think it's just that Montgomery's going to eat more of these touches than sure. I think people want to make it out. I think people are underrating Montgomery a little bit and overrating Gibbs a little bit, especially how every game's going to play out, I think. Danny, we've got you as down on Javante Williams for injury concerns. Someone else <laughs> who you're not liking at the position. Uh, I, I clumped Brees Hall and Javante Williams together. And for the exact same reason, basically just I'm a little spooked, I guess, by the ACL injury first year coming back off the ACL injury. Obviously, some guys come back and do great on off coming off an ACL. And, you know, maybe Hall and Javante Williams are those guys that that end up being just as good or around as good, I guess, as um, they were prior to the injury. But a lot of times you see injuries crop up. You see them not quite as explosive, not quite as confident. Um, and their volume goes down dramatically. And also, it seems weird to me that the Jets are like apparently in on every other running back. So if, like they were apparently going to take Jameer Gibbs in mm-hmm. the first round if uh, if he hadn't gone to Detroit. And then they were they have been linked to uh, Dalvin Cook, who got released mm-hmm. on Thursday. So I, we'll see where he ends up going. Um, but I don't know. To me, the Jets are saying to us a little bit that they aren't quite 100 percent confident that Brees Hall is going to be back this year. Um you know, so I don't know. Would they draft a guy in the fifth round? Is he a Bonaconda? Uh, they still have Bam Knight, who I think was really pretty good last year when he was given the opportunities. They still you like Bam Knight, don't you? Aren't yeah, you, aren't I do. You a big I mean, Bam Knight just, guy. Yeah, Bam yeah he's, he's Bam like uh, some fab budgets last year. That's for sure. He had some good, you know, uh, yards after the uh, broken tackle and yards after the uh, after first contact uh, numbers last year. He's like pretty surprisingly good, and you know, he's just a meat and potatoes guy. He's not necessarily going to create a bunch of explosive plays like Brees yeah. Hall, but. Yeah. Um, anyways, my point is, I'm just a little worried about those two guys, and I don't want to have to take them where they're going. Uh, I'd rather, you know, take another guy in that area and, and kind of like just not have to worry about the injury history. I think Brees Hall's very good, to be clear. Both these guys yes. I really like. Mm-hmm. It's just purely injury related. It's just purely what going into this year, coming off big injuries. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally yeah. get that. Brees Hall RB11 rubbing draft day elbows with. AJ Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown, his teammate yeah, Garrett Wilson, Travis Etienne. Reason to believe, but you're going to pay a pretty penny to believe. Right. So certainly right. something worth considering. Nate, Derrick Henry was going to be my guy uh, when I woke up this morning. I already had him penciled in when I was uh, starting to go through this <laughs> last night. Derrick Henry was my guy. <laughs> and then Delvin Cook got released. We're recording this yeah. on Thursday. Then Delvin <laughs> Cook got released, and everyone wants to tell you Alexander Madison is taken off here. I mean, I get, you know, the, the volume's going to be there, at least as the Vikings are currently constructed. And we know that volume is a big part of the battle here at the running back position in the fantasy world. But like, he's been in the league for four years and yes. the two different regimes <laughs> in Minnesota have never seen fit to make him anything other than a pure backup. And you can point to Kevin O'Connell and say it's been just one year with Kevin O'Connell. Career lows last year with Kevin yes. O'Connell as the head coach. 36.9% success rate since he's been in the league. Not a perfect stat for running backs, but it still has some value. Mm-hmm. That ranks 32nd out of 38 backs with at least 400 carries. It's worse than Adrian Peterson. The ones who are just worse than him. Adrian Peterson, Philip Lindsay, James Robinson. Like, not the sort of guys who you want to be mentioned with. And, I, again, I just look at – I look at when a guy has some time in the league and just feel like these teams, these coaches who are professionals, who get paid to do this – 
have been with him day in and day out. I just think if, if it was going to happen, it would have happened by now. And that's, so he yeah. steps into the starter's chair, and that's all well and good. But now you're suddenly going to have to be looking at paying a top 15, certainly top 20 price for him. And I just don't see it, guys. I, I'm wholeheartedly with you because I yeah. this is a guy that I believe his rookie year or his second year, he stepped in when Cook got hurt. Which time Cook got hurt, but <laughs> one of the times. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm going to watch him real quick. And I was like, that it? Like, and I kind of, it's her. Very, he's mid. Yeah. Her. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's, he's, yeah. <laughs> Thank and you. That's, guys that's got that. exactly how I felt. Oh, I know. We're a little older than the guys you usually work with. So we actually get, <laughs> get we actually get these references. Uh, no, but he's, I, I'm totally with you. And I, I, it shocked me how much people are like going out in front and like planting flags about how Madison's yeah. going to be the guy. It's, it's medicine. Uh, he, he's really, that, that's, <laughs> he had, he had Kubiak as his offensive coordinator. And like he didn't do anything. Like he's been in a zone system before. It's not like there's a new scheme that they're doing. And so I think it's it's gonna be more of a committee there. Mm-hmm. I I actually would rather take a chance on Ty Chandler or yeah. or the mm-hmm. rookie or the rookie they drafted, Dwayne McBride, uh, in the seventh round. I'd rather take a chance on those guys than have any stock in Madison mm-hmm. because been yeah. there, done that. I've seen him. He, he's nothing more. I think he's a replacement level, maybe a slightly above replacement level back, and I'd rather take a chance on one of the other guys. There's a reason why all those Dalvin Cook injuries that you mentioned, and, and you know, to be fair, uh, he's got he had some pretty good stat lines, some pretty nice box score numbers in those games that Dalvin Cook was injured. Not all of them, but uh, a good handful of them. There's yeah. a reason why the moment Dalvin Cook comes back, and Dalvin Cook is a good running back. I think whoever picks him up, I, I kind of love the Miami connection. Um, but there's a reason why Dalvin Cook comes back, and he is immediately back to a pure backup. They're not yep. mixing them in, and in, 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 it's not fifty-fifty. In a, in a yep. day and age where teams can't wait to mix in a second running back, yep. two separate regimes in Minnesota said, "Now we're good on this." He's right. a backup, so I'll take my cues from that. Let's get to the wide receiver position here, Danny. You take this one away first. Who do you got as a wide receiver that you're just not into? Uh. I, this is probably going to be a popular one in, during the pre-draft process, but Debo Samuel for the 49ers. I think everybody looks at his 2021 season, and to me, that was just such a outlier in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Number one, I think just situationally, they didn't have Christian McCaffrey at that point in time. Um, so, you know, he, he turned into essentially a two-position player. He was like having a running back and a receiver on your team at the same time. It was like a, a true cheat code, really, mm-hmm. what he was in 2021. Those days are over. I don't think he's ever going to come back and do that. Like Now they have Christian McCaffrey. Uh, they like this Jordan Mason guy. They have, uh, what's his name? Elijah Mitchell, who's uh, hurt right now, but apparently he's, you know, the number two on the team. They also have Ty Davis-Price, who they drafted in the third round. They, they've got like a ton of running backs that they can really – you know, use uh, to carry the rock. They're not going to have him do quite as much as what he was doing that year. Obviously, there was issues with the contract. There's like a quasi holdout or whatever. I think part of the reason for that was he didn't want to carry the ball as much because it was going to affect his longevity in the league and all that. Um, so there's just like Good to me, so many, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so many things about 2021 were such a outlier. Mm-hmm. You know, based on everything that we've seen throughout the rest of his career, he's also been a little bit have an injury history and so that's a little bit worrisome going forward um i don't know to me he's just more of like a i don't even know like he's is he even a wide receiver two anymore with the amount of weapons that the 49ers have the way they spread the ball around it's like to me that's even a little bit of a question that would be the tough part is because they have so many mouths to feed yeah it's just and it's a great offense and again in real life but the fantasy gets dinged a little bit because none of them are gonna be overwhelming maybe cmc a little bit but the other guy it's it's really hard Mm -hmm. so i agree with that yeah, last year he was the wide receiver 26 and half PPR points per game. Um, yeah. 
And I don't know. Like he's, I think he's going to be better this year than he was last year, but marginally. And I think Ayuk is still ascending. And there's yeah. all this talk that Ayuk is like the best player at 49ers training yeah. camp. I think he's a really good player. They still have Kittle. They still have CMC. Yep. They have so many guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, we don't know who the freaking quarterback is going to be yep. of this team. So exactly. there's just too many things working against Evo Samuel right now. I love him as a player, but um, he, he's wide receiver 18, I believe, in, yep. in fantasy pros right now. And that's just really rich for me. No, I think that's a good one. Again, yeah, it's one of those where I love the player, but just fantasy purposes, it's like, ah, he's just yeah. not quite there. And I think that's where IU, it's year after the year kind of thing. Uh-huh. I think Ayuk was getting that hype last year, and then he got into the doghouse because he ran two wrong routes. And then that's, <laughs> that's I can tell yeah. you, I can tell you what happened there. And then so Shanahan's like, screw you. No, you're back to the bench. And then he, what, what happened when he started playing again? Oh, yeah, you're really good. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You're never seeing the bench ever again. Uh, yeah. So I think that's where I think I, this is the year of Ayuk. Mm-hmm. And I think him and Debo are going to be more tiered the same than, yeah. but they're going yeah. in different spots right now. My receiver's in this same range as well. I'm going to hold him under my hat for a second. Nate, who do you got? Uh, mine is Jerry Judy. Uh, I think. Uh, I think that. Yeah, and this is uh, he's going receiver 22 on mm-hmm. underdog, receiver 25 fantasy pros. I think they drafted his replacement in Marvin Mims. Um, I think. Uh, I think Sean Payton prefers the Cortland Suttons and the Tim Patricks. I know the contract stuff, but just saying for this year, he likes size with his receivers. So I think those are the guys he's going to like. Now, Judy's not like a a short guy or anything, but he's undersized as far as weight-wise. And I think also Judy still has a lot of in people's brains about what he is as a route runner and like because people just love foot quickness Mm -hmm, and go, mm -hmm. oh, that's route running right there. It's not. Uh, He's a deep ball guy, and that's how Russ uses him. He's a slot fade you know, slot guy, he's almost 50% of his snaps are from the slot. That's not a bad thing or anything, but this is just what he is. And he's a vertical guy, which is different, I think, than the profile I think a lot of people had from him um, coming out of Alabama. But he's going in the same tier as Calvin Ridley right now? No way. <laughs> going in the same tier as Mike Williams? It's like, okay, Mike Williams, all right, maybe because he's got to stay healthy. But when Mike Williams is way better of a player, and also I think he produces a little bit more, and it's going to be in a more pass-happy offense. Even Rashad White, they're going in the mm-hmm. same tier. I know he's a running back, but I think, of course, I'm a fan of Rashad White. But it's like, yes. really? Um, yeah, and I think like guys like other guys like uh, Drake London or Christian Watson are getting drafted near him. I'd much rather have those guys. Um, yeah, but even, yeah, I, I just think that, because of what Sean Payton prefers, I think it's going to be a more run-heavy and play-action-heavy offense. I just don't think that's going to be conducive to Judy's skill set. I think Sean Payton would rather have Dolchich in, in the slot than Judy. Um, and so I just think his volume's not going to be there that I think people think he's going to get that uptick. And I just think this is what he is as a player. I don't think there is any more ascension to happen with him as a player. Mm. I think we're going to have to have some head-to-head on uh, Rashad White this year just because, I mean, you talk about – Oh, his underlying, his underlying numbers are so bad. It's, well, it's, I mean, yeah. uh, there is an environment in Tampa that I want to sprint away from oh my as God, fast yeah. as I possibly can. You don't like, you don't like Baker Mayfield? Uh, offenses? Oh, I, I'm not really <laughs> trying to get into any of that this season. Speaking of not trying to get into – I, I can't do it with DeAndre Hopkins, you guys. I just can't. I can't believe he's he's wide receiver twenty on fantasy pros right now. Wide receiver Ooh. nineteen by underdog ADP. His next team odds, as it stands, maybe by the time someone's listening to this, he will have signed. I don't think so though, because he's meeting with Tennessee over the weekend. Um, his next team odds, uh, the the six leaders in the clubhouse: Bills, Browns, Lions, Titans, Chiefs, Patriots. He's going to either a team where he will not be anywhere near the number one receiver, or will be a passing game we don't expect to be very good. Right. 31 years old, I, I mean, I, I think he still has a lot to offer a, mm-hmm. a good team. I think I, I would, from a 
football fan standpoint, I would love to see him in Buffalo. I would love to see him on Detroit. Um, I think those would be the two places I would like to see him the most among the ones that are most rumored to be going after him. I think the fact that Tennessee is potentially realistically in the mix here right. says a lot about what the league <laughs> sees right. him as at this well. point yeah. of his career. He came and out, so, they're, they're saying like, oh, he's going for the money and not the rings. And it's like, oh, okay, well, uh, that, that that shows you why he's taking a visit to Tennessee as well. Yeah, so like, <laughs> it's just it, like no matter where he ends up, it's just he's he's not going to be a top 20 wide receiver. And yeah. that's what you're going to have to treat him as. I mean, if we're already on spec putting him as a wide receiver top inside the top 20, I assume that wherever he goes – He's gonna stay in this range, and I, I, there's, there's, there's just no way, no way, yeah. no way. Yeah. I'm not doing. That. <laughs> I love, that. I love that. Just all of our, re- <laughs> that's our response to all this. Just no way, yeah. just no way. Yeah, just no, not. I, I, totally love, I would love to see him on a good team though, because I think he has a lot to offer a contender. Yeah, I just mm-hmm. think there's not that juice to squeeze yeah. with it. Like there's no value to be had with it. So I, I get what you're saying there. All right, guys, let's wrap this one up. Tight ends, Nate. Who are you not in on at this position? Um. I'd rather take on a, a chance at other tight ends than Cole Komet. Uh, just low <laughs> low passing volume. Yeah, uh, I think he's going to be dropped to the third option of that offense, maybe fourth even by the end of the year. Uh, so I just think which I'd Notre Damer gets more uh, t- targets in Chicago Denver this year? Uh, is it I him or is it Chase Claypool? <laughs> I think Claypool does barely. Yeah, I know, but it's I it's a low passing volume as it is. I don't mm-hmm. think it can support a lot of miles. Um, and even if there is going to be an uptick in throwing, cause it has to go up just cause it was so low last year, yeah. just not, not a guy I'm still willing to bet on. I I've always been kind of a little lower on him than the consensus anyways in real life. Um, so, but just seeing fantasy purposes as well, I'd much rather take a chance on one of our guys, Juwan Johnson or, or Dolchich. Um, I would rather even take a dart throw if we're talking about late in the draft on like Kasiki. Just because of what the like Patriots, uh, yeah, just like in the mm-hmm. red zone to get some juice, some touchdowns like Kasiki. I'd much rather take a chance on any of those guys or um, or Ninjoku, uh, even like I'd much rather mm-hmm. take a chance on him than Cole Komet. So I think he, he, I, it was a little rich. Uh, I thought where he's getting slotted at right now. So it's not again. It was kind of like the quarterback argument. It's like yeah, these all seem kind of sort of fair, but yeah. that would be that would be one where I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not as high as other people are. So I'm gonna go with uh, Dalton Schultz. You guys gave some pretty. Uh, compelling arguments i'd say in terms of like just the total volume but for me i'm just like he's the exact type of player i just avoid in fantasy and maybe that's not, not a good thing because in fantasy sometimes you have to pick players you don't think are very good mm-hmm. but i just don't really think he's that good I, he's just kind of a guy um i think number one he benefited dramatically and greatly from playing with a quarterback in Dak prescott who has targeted tight end the tight end position um, at a higher rate than almost any quarterback yeah. in the nfl Pepper over the last couple of years and i think that's just been such a crutch or not crutch necessarily but that's like a negative that's like a pejorative i would say it's like his his security blanket over the middle of the field that's he just loves throwing as a tight end dalton schultz to me doesn't have much dynamism he's not very uh you know he's not explosive he's not super athletic or dynamic after the catch uh among 44 tight ends last year with 30 plus targets he was 36th out of 44 in yards after the catch per reception like he's just he's a catch and fall down guy he's he's zach Ertz, but not as good kind of (laughs) deal He's and, Mr. Six Yard Gain. That's that, yeah. that, that's, <laughs> that's so I'm like, where are you gonna get like a bunch of five catch, thirty-five yard performances from him? Which honestly, maybe like there's an argument to be made that that's fine at the tight end position because it's just such a barren wasteland right now. Mm-hmm. But the type of fantasy player that I am, I'm going for like the Chickaquanku. Um, you know, in that area, I'm going for guys that are more explosive or a little higher upside, Dulcich, Gerald Everett, who I still am like maybe the last person who thinks he's a good player in the world. Um, like you said, Juwan Johnson, Kasiki, 
you know, even Zach Ertz is going way, way, way behind. And uh, we don't know much about what his injury is right now, but like he was a high, pretty high volume guy last year. So to me, like Dalton Schultz is just the most boring player to pick. And that's why I'm avoiding him. I, I do think your arguments are for volume are, are valid, though. Um, there's just not very many other guys on that team. Mm-hmm. So he would be like the prototypical like draft for volume over skill yeah. type player. Got to buy Stroud a little bit. You got to believe that that line is going to be what it appears that it could be on paper. Um, but if any it's of the, that if any of that doesn't come to pass, then he's in trouble. And it's the classic uh, adage that what's a rookie quarterback's best friend, and that's the mm-hmm. underneath tight end. Like that. That's like that's, a, cla- that's yeah. a classic thing. So th- I, I'm saying if I'm kind of like where he's getting slotted at, it's like yeah, makes sense to me. So I'm kind of in between both of you guys. Uh, yeah. So, but I think if I were optimistic about him, it'd be like, oh, it's a rookie quarterback, and they they just go, oh shoot, where's my tight end? At? Check it down, and so he can get some volume that way. But I get it. Yeah. I get the boringness argument. Yeah. Danny is he's a very boring, <laughs> very boring player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, guys, I came in tepid with that 49ers quarterback way back when. I am going to go out with what I think is kind of hot at the tight end position. I, I'm, I'm out on Darren Waller. I just, I, I, I just, oh, I think mm. there's. There's significant concerns uh, with the offense. Nate, I know what you're talking about with Daniel Jones earlier, but still even even a little bit more through the air is not going to result, I don't think, in a ton of volume. 18th and pass throw EPA last season. Darren Waller's 31 at the start of this year. Right at the start of the year, he turns 31. He's missed 14 games the last two seasons. The, uh, the ranking of tight end seven is fair, but when you compare it to the universe of football players, you're going to have to take him alongside Isaiah Pacheco, my guy Brandon Cooks, Rashad Bateman. I would rather have any of those guys and most of the guys who are in his draft day neighborhood. I would rather have. I'm just going to be looking elsewhere at the tight end position. I think there's enough risk here that I almost certainly want to go higher for a lot of the reasons I referenced earlier that I want to have a guy at this position. And if I'm getting in on someone who I do have to pass on other guys like this where the opportunity cost is pretty high, it's just not going to be someone going to a new offense, going to an offense that has a quarterback who is going to take the ball out of the air and run it a ton, going with a guy who turns 31 and has missed 14 games of the last two seasons. Yeah, There just starts to be a lot of marks against where the opportunity cost pushes him over the edge to a guy who I'm just not going to end up with very much. No, I, I get this one. Especially he does his best work from the slot and – what have we already made that joke about? <laughs> How many <laughs> slot receivers do they have? They have so many. I mean, literally, they 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 got like five playable slot players, which is really <laughs> hilarious. Uh, and yeah, I, I get this one. I just don't think the volume will be there. I, I like this addition for the Giants in a real football sense, but mm. I think from a box score looking at it, it's like I don't know. I see this as like a sixty catch season. Mm. You know what I mean? Like a fifty some catch season. And he's been banged up, like you said. He's older than I think people realize yeah. because he was such a late bloomer. Um, mm-hmm. transitioning from receiver. So I, I think there there is some of that. And they also have a young tight end that they like, uh, Daniel Bellinger. Yeah. So it's not like it's just going to be him getting the tight end target. So he'll, he'll get some. He'll get some, He's a great – he's still a good dynamic player, but I think all those blemishes you brought up, Bellinger, I totally get it. I I was kind of surprised that he was slotted uh, as high as he is right now, or the consensus at least. Yeah. I, I mean, it makes sense at the tight end position. Right? I mean, right. you're, you're, like I think everyone's going to have – Kelsey, Andrews, Hawkinson, Kittle, Pitts, and Goddard as the first six. Maybe someone's got Evan Ingram up there, Nate. Um, but uh, those first six are going to be the first six for most people. And then you yeah. do start to get the Waller, Ingram, Fryer, Muth. I mean, who are you going to put seventh? It almost right. has to be him. But just because of what he did in the past, yeah, yeah, just it's. I, I can't get there. I can't get there personally. <laughs> I can get there to <laughs> totally. him. Like if I'm if I'm doing rankings, he's going to be my seventh tight end. But 
I'm just, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm going to be going out. I'm going to be getting tight end earlier. I'm going to be getting it later. This is a sort of a dead zone for me at the position. I like that. A little no man's land. A little bit of a no man's land. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we thought we were going to have like a ton of time to talk about rookies. We before we got going, like what forty five <laughs> minutes, and then you look here, it's like all right, we've been doing this for an hour and ten. So we're just going to fly <laughs> through, fly through some dynasty picks here, some just guys that you guys have targeted. I'm going to sit this one out, just point guarded to you guys. Chris Paul is getting waved, maybe. So uh, yeah, got point guards on the brain. Um, Nate, dynasty guys, who you're looking at? Uh, quarterback, of course, Anthony Richardson, just because of the rushing floor we talked about. But running back mm-hmm. wise, uh, I do like Zach Charbonnet. I do, maybe because I draft him a couple places. But I mean, I like him too. Yeah, don't yeah. get me wrong. Uh, Roshan Johnson for the Bears. Roshan Johnson, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, I had him as my running back four in this class. I was really high on him. Uh, but I, I, I like him. Uh, they only have to worry about Deontay Foreman right now. So uh, Evan Hole is a sleeper uh, as one as a pass catching back for the Colts. Uh, I. You don't know what Jonathan Taylor, he keeps getting banged up. So I, I mm. can sneakily see him getting more touches. I think he's just always going to be relevant for a while. And my super, super sleeper, and I'm really mad because I wasn't able to draft him in a lot of leagues. He like wasn't even available. Is Daneric Prince for the Chiefs, their undrafted oh, yeah, free yeah. agent. I liked yeah. him out of Tulsa. I saw him at the Shrine game. I was like, who the, who the heck is this guy? Stat profile is not overwhelming, but he, he also had the highest speed score at the Combine this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and the receiver-wise, Jane Reed, I don't want to steal your thunder. Uh, Cedric Tillman. <laughs> Uh, for the Browns, Tyler Scott for the Bears as like a deep flyer. And then my sleeper sleeper, and I know this is another guy you like, is Puka Nakua from yes. uh, the Rams. Uh, I think he's going to be really fun in that offense. I hope he can stay healthy, but really fun with some of the jet sweep stuff. I think they can run with him and also just being a big body vertical threat. Tight end, only guy that I'm making sure I get out of every draft class is Luke Musgrave with the Packers. And that's my tight yeah. end for Dynasty is the guy I like. Musgrave is such a good one. He's already starting to make a little bit of noise for the Packers in, in their training yeah. camp, which is exciting. And people seem to be, you know, it's early, but people seem to be pretty excited about him. I was getting him before the draft because I do a bunch of dynasty drafts before the draft, which is always a bit risky because then you draft a guy <laughs> no in the idea. first round and he goes in like the fifth round or something. Like uh-huh. sometimes that happens, but um, like Malik Willis or whatever. But uh, 
the guy who I've got him, I got Musgrave in like late third round, sometimes early fourth round. And now I'm just like loving it because yeah. um, a couple other tight ends that I really like in this class, Dalton Kincaid and Samuel Porta. I think both of those guys are really good targets in like, you know, the one, two turn ish area in mm-hmm. terms of super flex leagues. Um, and I think both of those guys will have a lot of volume, but man, Musgrave such a huge value, I think, because he's going quite a bit later. Um, as far as running backs, like Devon A. Chain has been my guy, super, super speedy, really, really undersized, and that's always a concern. But um, yeah, I think he landed in the perfect situation in Miami. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if Dalvin Cook has signed there by the time you hear this, or decides to end up signing in Miami, that's going to hurt his value early on. Um, Could be a clearly, pick for but, next year, right? I mean, right? I, yes. like, I think Mostert Cook is twenty eight, and Mo- yeah. like I don't know, I don't know, I have Mostert's uh, contract details off the top of my head, but no. that feels like he could be a Mostert replacement. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Mostert's actually like probably the best comp for him because I think Mostert is one hundred and ninety seven pounds or something yep. like that. A chain, I think, has gotten. He said he's gotten up to like one ninety two. So it's a negligible difference in terms of their he, size. They're both r- like Olympic level speed. Yeah, they're both kind mm-hmm. of. Get him in space. Get him outside. I think A-Chain can run up up the middle. He's not going to be asked to do that a ton. That's what I was just um, about to say. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Is that yeah. I, he was my running back five, and usually mm-hmm. I do not touch sub-200 running backs, even when <laughs> yeah. I'm grading up right. for media purposes. I'm like mm-hmm. just so far away from that. And he was one dude. I'm like, he's a real running back. Like Because yeah. he does all the in-between-the-tackle stuff. He has great vision, but I love the player. He's like an exception for me like uh, uh totally. he's my outlier like i like him even despite the size because i think he's a real dude so love that 100 yeah like i'm 100 exactly in step with you on this i i'm i'm going into this and i've said this i think i've used a caveat every time i've ever talked about him in this pre-draft process like i'm probably dumb for getting really excited about a chain because you just don't see that many guys his size sure. uh make it in the nfl but he to me is special like the the, the yep. burst explosiveness I don't say this lightly. It's almost Tyreek Hill like. He's so, so twitchy, fast. explosive. Um, obviously, no one's really at the level of Tyreek Hill, but I mean, it just—it's a perfect landing spot for him. I, th- I know that um, McDaniel is going to find a way to, um, you know, get him, get him in space, and get him opportunities where you're like have some runway with it, and he can just like outrun guys. Yeah. Um, it's exactly what he does with Tyreek Hill and Waddle. And so you add him into this offense. I think it's really exciting. So he's a guy that I'm willing to take late in the first, early second in super flex leagues. I know that's like a little rich for some people, but I've been doing it and hoping for the best with that. Um, for sleeper guys, I, I really like Jaden Reed. I think he was a, one of the most impressive receivers at the at the senior bowl this year. He was just really good. He's a little bit bigger, even though he's small, you know, relative to the NFL, I think. He's like a lot bigger than some of these other guys in this class. Yeah. Um, he's just more built. He has a little bit of like a running back body he's relative a to some of these other guys. I'm a, I'm um, a big fan of him. So I, I yeah, I hope he makes it in fantasy because I, I, I yeah. like him as a real football player. He, he's fun. Absolutely. He's got a good opportunity in, in Green Bay. Obviously, there's a bit of a open competition at receiver. Uh, Michael Wilson for the Cardinals, I thought was really impressive. He's got a lot of caveats because he was hurt most of his career, but he's really good getting off the line. He's big, um, physical player. The running backs that I've been kind of taking – Flyers on in the third and fourth round, Eric Gray for the Giants. Mm-hmm. I liked him on tape. I thought he was pretty twitchy in terms of the short area, not necessarily an explosive guy, long, long speed, but he's a little twitchy guy in the short area, good size. And he's obviously playing behind Saquon, who's been battling injuries and yep. is in a potentially, uh, he, you know, I think he's still on the franchise tag or did he sign yeah. a long term deal yet? No, it's a franchise, franchise tag. tag so. yeah. I don't think he's even signed it yet or That's, something. But yeah, I yeah, think you're right. Yeah. I think he might be kind of like quasi holding out here. Yeah. So Garrett Gray has an opportunity to maybe get some volume in year one. I think Zach Evans is another guy who I liked on tape. I think, you know, he's got some limitations in terms of his ability to make guys miss in the short area, but he's really a slashing type guy with good, good speed, good I size. Like and Akers has 
As you said, the Rams high, got nobody. Right. It's, they have nobody else. Yeah. Kyron Williams is sort of their third down guy. I think Akers is really questionable as like, quote unquote, their guy. Like, yeah. who knows? Like last year, there was times where it looked like he wanted to retire. There was yeah. times he left the team for a while. Yep. There's just so many things. They were going trying on. to trade him, and then they ended up mm-hmm. trading Henderson, like or, right. or they, Henderson. they released Henderson. <laughs> yeah. and he released just didn't Henderson. even sign with anybody. They're gonna, um, oh, yeah, we're going to cut Acres, and they end up cutting Henderson. It was the it was, it was very yeah. strange. It was a very strange situation. Yeah, the whole timeline of that was very bizarre. And in yeah. other words, and, and I don't really have a, a huge amount of confidence in Acres long term. So I think that just I like that opportunity lot, wise, really Evans do. is kind of a guy that I'm looking at. They traded up a full round to get him. I think they traded up like 37 spots to get him. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's late in the draft, so it's relative but still like that's a pretty big move to go get a running back in a class like this and so they they must have some conviction with him um and then chris rodriguez uh mm-hmm. running back for washington who bit of a plotter he's not going to rip off many explosive runs yeah. but man that guy breaks a million tackles <laughs> he's like up there with Bijan and and some of the greats like david montgomery in terms of college uh broken tackles per game numbers obviously it's a bit of a volume stat but um consistently consistently breaking tackles yeah. and he just strikes me as the type of guy that ron Rivera is going to like and give the ball to so um those are a couple guys i like late in, in drafts yeah he's kind of like a diet coke uh charbonnet like yeah, that that that's kind of what it is. It's Charbonnet is day three Charbonnet. That, that's what it is. <laughs> he, like that, yeah. He, yeah, that's kind of what it is. It's yeah, it's not, it's the Trader Joe's version of it. That's that's where you're going with. Uh, no, Trader Joe's is good, but uh, yeah, no, I I Chris Rodriguez. He was a guy because I was watching Levis and he kind of stood out. It's like totally. He was Mister Efficient. Like he was just Mister Four Five Yard Six Yard Gain uh, in his own system. So I totally get that one. Yeah, I, 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 I like the Zach Evans one a lot. I really do, uh, especially mm-hmm. his just because his landing spot mostly and just. He's a simple, efficient runner, and he's playing yeah. an offense that thrives with simple, efficient runners. So I think it's a perfect fit for him. All right. Danny Kelly from The Ringer. Danny, thanks so much for being with us, man. This was a lot of fun. Thanks. This was a blast. I love it. Thanks, Danny. You can catch Danny, of course, with his coworkers at The Ringer on The Ringer Fantasy Football Podcast. So be sure to check those guys out. Thank you for checking us out as well. Nate, this was awesome, man. I a lot of love getting back on the microphone. Yeah, I love you, know, you and Robert are awesome. I love working with you guys and doing you know, my my duties from behind the glass. But it's fun to get back on the microphone and do this with you. So hopefully we can do a little bit more of it this season. I agree. This was a ton of fun. It was really fun scratching a different itch also, just co-host wise and also fantasy football wise. And it's fun to live in fantasy land for a little bit yeah. or for what we thought would be 45 minutes and turn it into a hour and 20 minute show. So hey. <laughs> it was great. Well, I was you passionate. Did, you don't even know this, but I already wrote out the uh, episode title and episode description and wow. fantasy land is in the title of the Play- show. Was it? How oh, about that? So- I love it. We did like, not plan this. Got to got to keep doing this. Got to keep doing this. This, no, this was awesome. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening to us here on the Athletic Football Show. Have yourselves a great weekend. On Monday, you will hear Nate. You will hear Robert. Thanks to the magic of manipulating time, opening up the Athletic Football Show mailbag and diving in to some emails and voicemails that you guys sent us a couple of weeks ago. So excited for that show. And again, we'll be doing that all summer long. So uh, Robert will be back next week and we'll pick things back up in the meantime. Please give us a rating and a review on your podcast platform of choice. Check out our YouTube page as well. We've been getting back into the swing of putting things up on there regularly and you are going to see a whole lot from us this season. So you're going to want to be subscribed to our YouTube channel. Also, thanks so much for listening. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. This was the Athletic Football Show. 
Hey, baseball fans, this is Derek Van Riper. Now that spring training games are underway, opening day is just a few weeks away. Eno Saris and I have been getting ready for the season all winter on Rates and Barrels. Whether you're a seasoned fantasy player, a baseball stats junkie, or just someone who wants to learn more about the game, join us for four episodes each week this season, including our new Friday live stream with former big leaguer Trevor May. Check out the live stream on Fridays at 1 o'clock Eastern on the Rates and Barrels YouTube channel, or listen to the show wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including the ad-free option on the Athletic app.